passion backed with purpose mm-hmm. and expertise and experience mm-hmm. is what actually adds value mm-hmm. i cannot just get down on stage and be really passionate about it you know mm-hmm. this passion thing is for privileged class mm-hmm. we people are privileged we can follow our passion because we have some financial backup and that person who has to just go out get up get to job every day that mm-hmm. person doesn't really have much scope to follow his passion Hello and welcome to the 20 show. A podcast dedicated to the 20 somethings where we not only talk about our financial, physical and mental well-being but also question the bullshit rules of the society so we can find our own truth and lead healthier, richer and meaningful lives. I'm excited to introduce you to our guest for today's episode, Akshat Srivastava. He's someone I look up to when it comes to telling stories, when it comes to public speaking. Now, Akshat is a professional communication and public speaking coach and a soft skills corporate trainer. Akshat is passionate about changing lives by empowering others to be better communicators. He has played several key roles previously and is currently the area director of Toastmasters International. Akshat has worked at Wipro for four years as a project engineer and left it to pursue his calling. Yet another employee turned entrepreneur. I am absolutely excited to have this conversation with you, Akshat Bro. So welcome to the Twenty Show. Thank you, Vidhan. That's so kind of you to give such a wonderful introduction. I am really blessed to hear that. Thank you so much. Happy to have you here, Akshat, and I'm very excited. So you are a very fluent communicator you are a good public speaker people see you this way today but i'm curious to know like how did you look to others how were you in your school years in your younger years were you always maintaining the same image of yours absolutely not vidan i myself have gone through a lot of transformation so when i was in school i was a very shy kind of a kid i used to sit at the back i used to stay away from extra curricular activities and that was the kind of person i was and then slowly and steadily you know when i was when i came in my college i started doing certain activities got into organizing a few events and from there it all started and slowly and steadily i realized that this is something i really enjoy doing and just because i enjoyed doing it so i did it consistently over a few years and you know when i turned 27 28 that's when i realized that i have really become some good at it and that's when i decided to pursue it as my career so it has been a journey that started off from zero and wherever i am today when i look back i realized i wasn't like this so like uh, what when you look back at yourself what is the turning pro moment that you see when whenever you look back so like we cannot connect the dots looking forward but when it's only when we look backwards that we realize that this was the particular like turning pro moment for me so what was it like to you so my turning pro moment there was not not just not just one moment there were many moments actually the first k1 came up when i was 19 years old and i was handed over the charge to organize an event in my college and that was the first time when i went up on stage and i just froze there 
Oh. And that's when I realized that this was my biggest weakness. That I couldn't really communicate with people well. That was the first moment that gave me a lot of awareness about my weakness and what is it that I wanted to improve upon. So I just started improving upon it. The second pro moment was when I joined Toastmasters when I was 24 years of age. And okay. after joining Toastmasters, I realized that communication in itself was really a science and everything was backed with a lot of scientific facts, you know, understanding the other person, understanding what is it that I really want to convey. It was not just going up and speaking. Definitely. And then the third moment came when I returned back to Bhopal and I started off with my own training and coaching business. And that's when I, a realization hit me that even though I can speak well, I couldn't really train well. Okay. But I, I used so like to think what that what motivated you to, did you like uh, try and attempt to train others as, as well in between? Yes. So I have been training people for a longer time, but I, I had this fake belief in myself that I am a good trainer. But only after I went into it full, full time and that moment hit me hard and I realized you know, there is a lot more to learn. And that's when I started doing a lot of free sessions. I started reaching out to people, doing some free sessions. I attended a few webinars, few seminars, few courses, few certifications. And mm. that's how I improved my interaction with my audience. If I tell you in one line, what I found out is that speaking and training are two different things. And often people think that if I can speak, I can train. You know, training is about building someone. And that is what I learned at a later point. All and right. that's how it all went. I'm very interested to know the fact that you mentioned that the first time you went on the stage, you froze up and you couldn't speak as well. It definitely was something that you didn't see coming. So like so, something very similar happened to me the first time. I'm not sure if you've ever heard me in my speeches mentioning what happened to me first time when I froze up. So I went up to, on the stage. I was dressed as Shahid Bhagat Singh. And, you know, okay. I had a speech that I had to deliver. It was, it was a fancy dress competition. I had a two minute speech. And after the speech, I had to, you know, do one day matram, one day matram, one day matram, three times, and then return back. As soon as I went up to the stage, I held the mic and I looked at the people in front of me. I froze. I could not utter a word. The only things I could pu push out of my mouth were one day matram, one day matram, one day matram. And I returned back. I couldn't recall my speech. And that was the moment when I became really fearful of, about going on the stage and speaking. Like it, it didn't come out to me as, you know, I want to do something to improvise it and become great at it. It became a very fearful moment for me. Like I would always have these flashbacks whenever I would even think about going on the stage. So this was back when I was in sixth standard and you happened to, did you perceive it the same way when you messed up at the stage or you took it very optimistically 100% Vidan so I have had chances to speak before but the moment I told you about when I was 19 years old is when I realized that I need to work on it so I've mm. had moments before where I had to go up on stage but I either did not go or if I went I couldn't speak or there have been moments when things did not turn out well for me whenever I was on stage but first time when it turned out, that's the moment I told you about. 
because okay. i had a similar kind of attitude towards speaking i remember in my school there used to be a, a in everyday morning sessions there yes, was yes. a time when each kid has to go up on stage and tell news hmm. and every time i got a chance i used to miss my school either i used to bunk it or i used to just miss it completely oh and i just kept avoiding it for so long that it eventually became a mental block for me hmm and avoiding something over and over if you know that you need to do something and you keep avoiding it it becomes hmm. a mental block and it somehow brings down your confidence in life right 100% 100% and that has happened that happened to me all throughout my teenage hmm so that's when i got a chance when i in my college to speak up although i froze although i ruined it but that moment i took it positively but before that never okay all right the thing is when we start to you know keep ourselves from fighting our fears i believe that uh, you know we have a lot of other fears as well and our overall confidence levels decrease in almost every other aspects of life as well because we don't have enough courage so like when i was able to smash my fear of public speaking i started to realize that i'm able to you know pull i'm able to be more courageous in other aspects as well not just public speaking like it was the number one fear that i had and when i was able to smash it the normal sized fears the smaller fears just disappeared so did this happen to you too did you uh, were you under confident in all other aspects or were you confident in others or and after you started to you know deliver great speeches did your confidence level in all other levels all other areas increase yes vidhan so i'll give you a small example when i was in my fifth standard mm-hmm. i wasn't really good in studies but then i got a teacher who taught amazing maths mm-hmm. as soon as i built confidence in maths my confidence in all other subjects went up right. and similar has been my experience in different aspects of life i increased my confidence in one aspect of life and similarly confidence in other aspects of life started going up so i came to a realization that confidence is just confidence like i cannot mm. if i'm confident in one thing high mm. chances that confidence will become my personality mm. and even if tomorrow i go and learn to drive uh, to uh, fly a plane mm. i think that confidence will still show up and help me learn it better mm. Do you agree? Yeah, I 100% agree to that. So uh, I 100% believe the same thing that if we are able to, and how does confidence come from? Essentially, you are not. Nobody can be just born out confident. Confidence only starts to bud. It only starts to grow when we start doing difficult things or even challenging things one at a time and keep doing them better and better. And that's how our confidence gradually increases. Like I've been able to yeah. do this. I must try this again. or i must try something else if i was able to do this i will be able to do this and so it builds on top of another and we are we become just this giant mammoth who can like push down anything any challenge that comes our way but if we don't tackle the challenges that are coming our way we cannot be confident in any other area like it's the self confidence that we are deprived of essentially do you agree very true very true i think uh... what i have personally observed is that confidence comes through achieving things now doesn't matter things are big 100%. or small hmm. even if i decide that for next one week i will 
go up jogging every day in every morning hmm. Hmm. and if i just do it and i just hit my that simple goal that i set for myself it will hmm. somewhere increase confidence in myself 100%. and then i set another goal then i set another goal it doesn't matter whether goals are professional or personal whether are big hmm. or small just hitting goals achieving something brings out the best in us confidence 100% that's, that's what i've been doing and there's one more thing that i personally do is i always track what i've done Hmm. So there is. I've made a workout log in my diary, where hmm. the days I go to workout, I write it there. So I always track hmm. my goals as well. So I think tracking has helped me build confidence, and tracking has helped me build confidence not just in my personal life but in my professional life as well. So, like, how does tracking? What do you do with the records that you're building up over the days? how is it helping you like just coming down and seeing what you've written that you've accomplished the goals that definitely helps us you know i've smashed the goals for the day but do you also go back and reflect it and how does that overall affect you like, uh, like how would you suggest someone else how would you pitch someone else the idea that you should track down your whatever goals you're accomplishing or intending to right so after the lockdown ended and gyms opened up in september mm-hmm. i started going mm-hmm. to the gym right now what i do i made a list of the so i made a list three columns uh, serial number date and whether i worked out that day or did not work out that day. now my first goal was to go to gym 10 days hmm second goal is to go 25 days hmm. third is to go 50 days fourth is to go 100 hmm. now every time i hit these goals hmm. i give myself some reward like right? i i, I, I give myself sir. a reward right yes so that kind of helps keeping so what kind of rewards life. what kind of rewards do you feel rewarding enough to keep yourself motivated to push through the next goal so it can be anything i uh, two weeks ago i gifted myself these uh, small earphones that i wanted to buy me it's called uh, maybe it's a new company i guess so i awesome. gifted oh, maybe maybe so yeah bhuvan bam has been embas- been the brand ambassador initially right right and mm-hmm. you can you can just sit anything you know if i hit if i go to the gym 10 days consistently mm-hmm. i can give myself a a can of budweiser mm-hmm. anything can be there 100% so, mm-hmm. up to you up to you like we decide our own rewards like what's rewarding enough for us 100% so you can go on a vacation or not in the pandemic of course but so like it you can decide anything that you want to do hmm and give yourself so i i relax myself if i consistently go for 5 days then mm. i give myself 2 days that i will not go and mm. then i start tracking after 2 days mm. this is how i do so, so that, that reminds me build, yeah yeah go ahead i'm sorry so that has helped me build consistency and discipline mm. that definitely does that so that reminds me of two things the first is a very brief the two day rule that i've learned over uh, over i don't know where it came to me but i learned it over the night i'm sure so this two day rule states that if you are aiming out to achieve any goal based on consistency there like suppose for your, for in your example we uh, when we try and go to the gym hit hit it consistently there's this two day rule states that you can miss one day if you have to but it should never be two days in a row so like if it's i've missed it yesterday for whatsoever reason i cannot miss it today at any cost so this keeps us better at the consistency we are at and second thing is rewarding ourselves i do this 
so often i do this to smash the hardest goals majorly so like i started out with this uh, when i decided to quit smoking cigarettes so that's something i really want to share with a lot of people but i will just go ahead and tell you in brief so april 10 2017 it's been more than 3 and a half years when i decided to quit smoking and how i did it was i the first day so i was never beating myself up that i don't have to smoke i've quit smoking i've quit smoking because that essentially uh, pulls down your confidence if you smoke it again so that essentially right. tells your brain that no you cannot quit smoking so i never announced this right. major goal that i'm never going to smoke cigarettes but I, that day i decided that the last cigarette that i smoked was my last the next one won't be my last the previous one was my last and i wrote down in my diary day one April 10 2017 I'm never going to smoke cigarettes no that's a big statement to say day one no cigarettes quit smoking was the header and so mm-hmm. as i was able to push through the seven days then i was at this 24/7 it's a retail chain in delhi that that opens 24/7 so i was there and i looked at ice creams right and i decided over the period of year, many years while i was smoking up cigarettes my taste buds weren't so efficient at you know i stopped consuming ice creams because they did not reward me as much that day i decided to reward myself with an ice cream i purchased the uh, ice cream with the highest amount you know so i could give myself the biggest reward that i could possibly have that time and that was such a great reward to me that wow vidhan you were missing out on so many things you were missing out on the rewards that ice creams can give you in fact so after one week i uh, then rewarded myself on the 14th day and then on the 21st day i rewarded myself with uh, beers i drank two cans of beer and i danced and i wrote down my journal congratulations bro you've done it 21 days you have set a target for yourself no cravings anymore and things like that so rewarding yourself and tracking down what you're aiming at definitely helps definitely helps big time absolutely absolutely all of us have had, have had those moments mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. we wanted to do something but uh, we couldn't do it mm-hmm. so all of you watching this Hmm. remember what vedant said it's an amazing story from his personal life experience i'm sure it's going to help a lot of us yeah definitely so if you are smoking up cigarettes the main plan should be to you know not smoke up today don't think of the bigger picture because that will kill you you have a memory that all your life you've been smoking up cigarettes and then you suddenly say that all my life i'm not going to smoke cigarettes and that's such a big <laughs> goal to smash that you become overwhelmed from it and you are not able to just go through the first day itself so my goal was always that i don't have to smoke a cigarette today whatever happens i don't care about the future but i'm not going to smoke it up today so yeah everyone watching it listening to it whatever you're doing track down your goals and be wise about your goals that's amazing So Akshat bro like we've been talking about toastmasters but I'm sure a lot of people do not have a clue about what toastmasters is toastmasters is and how I got to know about toastmasters was when I was reading this book who will cry when you die by robin sharma and in that there was one chapter entirely dedicated to join a toastmasters club so robin sharma is such an amazing speaker he is a trillion dollar coach and such a such an amazing author 
beautiful content, beautiful write-ups, wisdom. So he wasn't very good at speaking either. So he joined a Toastmasters club and then he, he's now an advocate of everyone should join a Toastmasters. So how did you come to know about Toastmasters and what should others know about Toastmasters? Why should people be joining Toastmasters? Right. Amazing question, Vidan. So it's a question that I don't know how many times I've answered, but it's always so close to my heart that every time I answer it, I answer it with so much passion and excitement. So the first time I got to know about Toastmasters was when I joined my job that was in Ripple Technologies in Bangalore. Mm. And while I was working there, one of my friend who was one of my friends who was there, he asked me to come and visit a club. And he said it's Toastmasters. I really didn't really understand what it really meant. I thought it could be a cooking club or somewhere people go and make toasts or something. So I just went in. And as soon as I went in, people came up and they started welcoming me there. So people came up, shook hands with me. We had a little bit of chat with everyone. And I was I felt so warm and welcome there that I decided to sit there and witness what it is. So for those of you who don't know about Toastmasters, Toastmasters is a non-profit organization. Uh, started in 1924 in USA. Right now, it's all over the world in more than 140 countries. There are more than 16,000 clubs, 350,000 members. And what it does is provides a platform for everyone to work on their communication, public speaking, and leadership skills. So there are a lot of activities we as Toastmasters do in our club that if you come and witness it, will help you out a lot. And that's how I started my journey in Toastmasters. And when I look back, it's it has been an amazing journey there. Yeah, definitely. So you you have put it really nicely there, Akshit bro. So what I would want to add to this is Toastmasters give us such a congenial environment to come and fail. You will see people who are trying so hard. You will see winners over here. Who You will see people who don't want to settle behind their fears, who don't want to settle for less and who are there to push themselves beyond their limits. So yes, this is such an amazing platform where you can come and comfortably fail. And people are so empathetic and so supportive here that you definitely will be able to ace at least your fear of public speaking and then the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek this was something that happened to me i feared public speaking and when i was able to you know overcome it my fears i was able to find my passion in it i was able to i was i definitely am very optimistic about my future as a speaker, as a communicator, I have always loved having conversations with people. I've always loved, you know, uh, giving out my gyan to people of the books that I read, of the, of any sorts of things. So I definitely feel this is something that everyone should try to get over their fears. So yeah, that was uh, and, something about yeah. Please, please go ahead. And you know, everyone has this right of expression. Everybody wants to go out and. Press, but most of people mm. don't have a platform. Mm. They don't have people who will sit down with them and they will listen to what they want to say. Mm. So it, it gives okay. that kind of an environment where you go and express. And I think mm. some of the best friends I've found in my life have been a part of Toastmasters. So it's a very good place to network as well. Anyone listening to it, watching it, you should definitely consider give it, being a guest at a Toastmasters meeting. Nine out of 10 people will be really enthusiastic about joining it. What sparked your interest for communications? 
and uh, that you ended up taking this as your mission in life amazing question uh, brings out a lot of stories vidhan so while i was working in job what i realized is so i was into an it job hmm. now what really happens in it a lot of employees who are very good in doing what they know like they are very good in their domain they can program they can code hmm. they can build network they can do a lot of things but when it comes to communicating when it comes to managing a team when it comes to motivating their employees when it comes to organizing a meeting that where everyone can put up their opinion and you can reach a consensus and that's when i realized most people can't do well hmm and while i was in job i was a part of toastmasters i was practicing i was learning communication from different places and that's when i observed that so i'll be very honest with you i wasn't very good in technical hmm in my so domain, you did your engineering good. were you yes, an engineer absolutely. during okay all right i i did engineering so i wasn't very good in technical but what really happened is wherever i used to talk to my client my client used to be very happy with me hmm. and that's the reason every time my client used to call in my office they used to ask for me hmm. and my colleagues used to be very angry that this guy hmm. doesn't know much he is not very good in technical he doesn't know how to program how to code but why hmm. is the client calling him hmm. so what i did is i probably talked to them well i wrote them emails that were more polite they were to hmm. the point i did not i speak only that was only that was required mm. and i use less of jargons and more of simple words and probably mm. that's the reason i was able to build a good rapport with my client mm. and that's when i realized that doing this has helped me grow in my career mm. and if a lot of people from technical backgrounds can learn this skill it will help them grow in their back in their 100% career. 100% that's when i decided to venture into it and learn more of it so then mm. after then i got into business I think mm. in my three years of business, I must have given at least three hundred client presentations, mm. and all of those years, I learned how to negotiate. I learned mm. how to sell. Mm. I learned how to answer difficult questions. Mm. You can ask me any question; I will be able to answer it. Mm. Sure, that's nice. So that's a great skill to have. That's the that's the kind of confidence I I got while doing business, while talking mm. to people from different backgrounds, from different cultures, from different ethnicities, and different professional backgrounds. Mm. and i realized that it is a skill a must have skill for anyone who wants to grow great in their career in, because yeah because after a point technical knowledge it becomes very limited that's what mm. i personally think 100 i agree what i think that and uh, i believe that be it any profession be, you could be an engineer you could be a businessman you could be an entrepreneur you could be a sales person you could definitely be a politician so be it any other field so like suppose there is one person x and the other person is y this both are selling insurance the y person is able to you know go up to the stage he's able to connect with clients better he's able to empathize with them better he's a better listener a better communicator and the other person is not able to go up to the stage so like even if he's someone who is a uh, better at sales he is able to connect with other people uh that's a very important skill to have but uh, coming just about public speaking if this person is not able to go up to the stage and then deliver speeches confidently and pitch to a lot of people at once he will be able to earn lesser amount he will be he will have lesser respect he will be he will have lesser growth in his career then why 
because why essentially has the courage to even go to the stage and then convert people in masses so right yeah that, that, does that make sense was i able 100%. to put 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 it together right absolutely vidhan that perfectly makes sense yeah all right so that's great akshadro uh, another thing is i really appreciate how humble you are how humble you are with people across all ages and everywhere irrespective of uh, anything right so what are some values that you keep in mind that what that you aspire that you hold as a priority in your life it, being humbleness one or do you do it consciously or it just happens like what are the values that you swear by that's so kind of you vidhan to say that so what uh, really happened with me back once is so there was a time when i was very stuck in my business I was very stuck in my finances and what was this business were, about i was into direct selling direct selling i was into direct selling, selling what? yes i so there were a lot of companies that i was partner of and i used to sell their services online so there was this moment when i was really stuck in my finances and in my personal mm-hmm. life in my professional life and a lot of uh, people who i used to look down actually came up help me hmm and that's when i actually realized that i cannot undervalue anyone i really don't know how that person is going to come out in my life in future hmm. and second thing is one thing that i've realized since since i've worked with a lot of people in my job hmm. in business and toastmasters one thing i've observed is that everyone is good at something they might hmm. not be good at what i am, but they are good at hmm. something and everyone has that one something in them that can actually either um they can make a big difference in others mm-hmm. lives mm-hmm. so i always keep this in mind that even if that person is my junior in my job mm-hmm. that guy is good at something else mm-hmm. so i always keep this kind of uh, respect for the other person that's such a non judgmental and optimistic way to look at people like uh, we are not labeling them we are just uh, open to see their potential we just open to see what he is good at i'm curious to know what is he good at instead of doing the shallow thing oh he's i cannot i'm just putting him into a box he is this he is that or he is not this or not that so that's such a nice way of looking at people love that thanks for that since you have outgrown your fear now you're training other people and you've met a lot of people who are public speakers right so there's this thing that uh, uh, there most people have their number one fear as public speaking and not death so most people do not fear their death as much as they fear public speaking so what would you say or suggest or how would you encourage these people to grow out of their fears good question so within what i would say is that uh, i think this is some this is an exaggeration in today's world hmm. i think a lot of people can go up and speak on stage hmm. that's what i personally think they can do it it's just that they are afraid of it but hmm. they can do it right but the thing about public speaking is that so what i've seen a lot of people say to me is that i'm not afraid of speaking So I'll mm. tell you a statistics: eighty-five percent people are afraid of public speaking. Ten mm. percent are liars. Hundred mm. percent. So I agree to that. Today, so last week I went for a session in a college in Mumbai, mm. and I'll tell you honestly, I was a little nervous mm. because the fear never really goes away. It 
somehow comes under your control you get more practice you become better at it you can control it but it never really completely goes away exactly so what i would want to tell people is that this fear will always be there with practice it might come down but it is not really important what is important is how impactfully i can speak hmm. so there are a lot of people who will come and say that i'm not really afraid of public speaking why should i learn it hmm. well using stage fright is only the first step to public speaking hmm. then there are different ways to pass on the message clearly how many times have you met someone who is very confident super confident they come up on stage they speak with full passion and they really make no sense. no sense right speaking is not just about uh, losing fear it's also about speaking what's important what's right and speaking to the point mm. and that's effective communication and it was in and then i believe so speaking with impact using the right body language using eye contact using the right words inculcating mm. humor and all of these little things that most people don't even know about mm. so i personally think that public speaking is a science mm. it, it is it requires it requires understanding of other person's hmm. thought process as well for hmm. example if i go to a bunch of school kids hmm. and i use a story of avengers they'll be able to relate to it relate to it but if i go to a but if i go to a bunch of uh, people who are about to retire my stories involve avengers infinity war will they relate hmm. to it absolutely not depends on the target audience if i talk about bagban they might relate to it but the children won't but the children won't so this is just one example of understanding the audience and it, it takes a lot of thinking it takes a lot of what i would say understanding human behavior to mm. pass on a message in a right way absolutely and that is what public speaking is really about absolutely so definitely what i would like to add to this is going beyond the fear is the first step of the art of public speaking and that's the most important step so to the just like you mentioned the fear never goes away fear actually never goes away fear will always be there it's like if we listen to the fear fear becomes stronger however if we do not listen to that fear it's us who becomes stronger so we nervousness will always be there fear will always be there but we will need to learn to dance with the nervousness we will learn to stand tall and stay strong despite the presence of fear and uh, i i read it somewhere that uh, there is this harvard harvard teacher an english teacher who writes the script of presidents so even she was standing behind the president i don't know which president he was but she was standing behind the president while he was delivering his speech and he could see his hands trembling down the you know uh the podium so even the president is always scared of it we just have to be bold and appear fearless and that just that's just it you will be able to look uh, really confident despite feeling fearful and then it's the art it's the ocean that lies ahead that definitely includes understanding human psychology human behavior putting your message in the right way so Right. that's enough of public speaking that we have talking talked about <laughs> i am definitely sure whoever needs motivation should have been able to understand it well to move past their fears now i would want to talk about you starting early in your life as a coach as a public speaking coach as a communication coach so a lot of 
people have this fear that they are starting too young will others even see them as someone who has got enough expertise so like we could be teaching people we could be training people who are in their 45s 50s and we and here you are 23 24 25 coming into the room and teaching them so did you ever feel this underconfidence that how would they perceive me how did you get past the you know underconfidence of your own self and appear an expert in that field if you will that reminds me of my first experience as a corporate trainer so first mm. time i went into a corporate training i was 27 years old the people i was about to train were all above 40 the youngest right. was was at least 40 Hmm. and some of the people i was about to train had kids who were my age oh i had this fear in my head head that was my first corporate training and i was really scared what did they know that i didn't hmm. what if they ask me a tough question how hmm. will i react what would i do and that day i told myself two things hmm. number one if they really knew that much they would be at my place training hmm. and number two we all start somewhere and it's okay for me to start of that and these right. and these two things gave me the confidence to get up on stage that day and i mm. trained those corporate employees for two consecutive days full day training mm. so anyone who is just beginning i think i follow gary v on this a lot he says mm. just start mm. don't think much just talk about the journey everyone mm. knows everyone is struggling somewhere everyone is starting something everyone is on a journey mm. it's always good to just start so, so essentially essentially you just have to have this faith in yourself that you know about it and you have something to add to others life and then you might be in a self judgmental phase and you might think that people might not perceive you as the right authority to be delivering this but then if you have faith in yourself you have to go ahead and give it a shot and then realize whether or not you were enough you were uh, what you think most likely you will turn out to be wrong in your own mind that no yaar i was in fact i was really the right person to be speaking it people found it valuable and that's how we'll right. be able to gain more confidence so anyone who is starting up as a new person who want, who intends to be a coach what's your uh, what would be your what would your advice be in like two lines for them uh, i would quote karan hasija here he is a business coach i recently attended his, attended his program and what he says is you cannot give what you don't have that means i can only teach people what i'm good at hmm so first thing i need to do is build expertise Mm. If I'm a coach, I need to have pick a niche and build my expertise on it. Mm. Do two free sessions, talk to people, uh, go out and learn more, learn more and more about your niche. Build expertise only then into jump into training, because there is nothing worse than a trainer who knows nothing but portrays that he knows everything. Mm. There are a lot of coaches and trainers out there who haven't really worked built on their skill. Mm. they portray as if they know a lot they it's always to be good to build your expertise first so in two lines like you said i would quote karan hasija he said you cannot give what you don't have i love that so you're so right like audience will always know that you don't know and what you know 
so like if you are starting out as a coach or any other person firstly you should be talking about things that you are experienced about that you are passionate about and that you know about and not just picking anything at random that okay i will be a coach at public speaking i will be an entrepreneurship coach i will be a life coach just for the sake of it like you should really have a passion and expertise at it at least you should have the faith that you have the expertise in it expertise has to be important right expertise has being to be. a coach is a responsibility hmm if someone is paying me for something it's my responsibility to help that person so i cannot just jump on on faith and purpose right. or passion there has to mm-hmm. be expertise without expertise getting into training is like getting into a scam hmm 100% so like there could be the self doubt no ki okay i am thinking that i do have expertise in it but i don't know how others would perceive my expertise as so the only thing that matters here should be that i believe that i do have expertise and now let's just jump into it and see whether or not others think the same think it the same way right because uh, i would a little disagree here uh, with yeah. now what really mm-hmm. happens is a lot of people who don't have expertise think that they are just afraid and they mm-hmm. have it they have the expertise a lot of people who have expertise they are just afraid of they don't have expertise mm-hmm. the thing here is to have the proof of concept mm-hmm. okay what proves that you are good at what you do hmm for example if i talk about uh, communication for myself hmm. let's say hmm. so how do i know that i have expertise hmm so for that what i did is i so i'll tell you i've won a lot of uh, speaking competitions here and there across india i've spoken hmm. to people uh, across the world and it is something i've been doing for past 10 years so i did not just have confidence i really knew the technicalities of communication i knew hmm. how to actually do things go out and build a rapport and you hmm. a little bit science behind it hmm. and that gave me the belief that i know that i have expertise hmm. so Jai. having a faith that i have expertise and knowing that i have expertise are two different things so like how would you uh, differentiate that uh, you actually have the expertise in it so like if someone intends to be uh, take for example an entrepreneurship coach how one aspect is like uh, he just has faith in it that he can be one and the other thing is he actually knows it how would he differentiate between it right so being a coach it requires to know uh, to solve other people's problem hmm so if i have, i am a business coach and a coach for entrepreneur i would go out and try solving problems of at least 10 people hmm if those 10 people benefit from my advice hmm. i wouldn't charge them if they benefit from my advice if their revenue goes up that they are able to make money and solve problems 100%. that means i know hmm right so i cannot just make this belief in my head that i know about it i am just afraid sometimes hmm. if some there are a lot of things that i still don't know about communication that i am learning But to start there has to be some proof of concept 100%. there should be at least 8 10 people who can say that you have solved my problem and hmm. you are pretty good at it at least 10 people should be able to hmm. say this to me and those people right. should not be my close ones because they will always say this to motivate right me. they'll be biased in a different way they'll be biased they would want me to motivate they would want to mm. motivate me i want 10 mm. people who can say right to my face they can be my clients mm. because clients will always if they uh, they will give me a honest feedback mm. because they need money or mm. they can be uh, some people from my network who are mm. not very close to me 
and mm. who have seen the potential mm. and that is something called this proof of concept without mm. proof of concept jumping into coaching industry is just madness it yeah. will it is not just going to break the person's self confidence it will actually increase self doubt Hmm. Over a period of time, initially even if they are able to make some quick buck, over a period of time it will reduce the confidence. That's 100%. what I personally observe. Hundred percent. I I agree to that. I tend to agree to that. And uh, to put it short, uh, to put it together, what Akshit just said is, if you are someone who intends to be a coach at any other field, be it entrepreneurship, be it a public speaking coach. the number one thing you should is you should be doing out is you should take up free you should give up give free counseling to people at the start you could uh, you know get 10 clients and tell them that i would just try and help you out i would uh, take the project i won't charge you the first two clients at least i won't charge you and if you see a significant impact uh, through my advice or my, my counseling if you like what i'm doing then based on their reviews you can put up a website or something like that and then take 10 clients before announcing to everyone that i'm you know the big thing or things like that before charging a lot to people have enough uh, validation externally as well that yes i'm able right. to make an impact and then go ahead and become whatever you want to at least you will have the right intentions at least you will have the intentions to you know help people become better so i'll give you one more how, example vidhan here yeah a lot of business coaches have not really built a real business ha all right oh i you i know this hmm. a lot of people who are coaching people on business have themselves hmm. not a built a business hmm. imagine if i have never spoken in public and i go up on and tell everyone i i might hmm. give them some information based on the course that i did few months back hmm. but i don't have an expertise on it so hmm. what people are these days doing a lot of trainers and coaches they are doing online courses gathering content hmm. and they faking it, it and yeah they faking it right and that's that the is what, hmm. go ahead please that's I'm a sorry. scam ha that's, that's a scam. scam that's a scam like you if you have the name coach aligned to it please don't ruin that the image of it because you do not have your intentions at the right place if your intention is not to empower people if your intention is to make a quick buck please don't enter anything that makes you uh, makes other perceive you as someone who wants to help you because you don't want to help others you just want to help yourself and that to add the cost of others and that's the worst right. possible way of doing anything in life so absolutely 100% akshit i definitely agree to that point now quickly uh we often you have all the right tools in your toolkit of communication when you speak with others when you speak publicly but the most important conversation i believe that we have is with ourselves so what's mm-hmm. the conversation that you have with yourself when you go through a failure when you go through when you're feeling stuck what's the essential conversation that you have yourself are you able to essentially uh, you know wisely use the toolkit are you kind to yourself or do you get hard or harsh with yourself what is it like what's the conversation with yourself like So Vidhan, I think that's quite situational. Uh, sometimes I'm hard on myself. Sometimes I'm kind to myself. Uh, it a lot depends on the situation. But one thing that I tell myself is that everything, everything good, takes time. Mm. If situation is that I have something, if I have good time to do it, if 
the time is less i tell myself i don't have much time i need to do it right now mm. so it it really depends on the situation mm. if there is one thing that quite consistent that i tell myself is that it's okay if i mm. fail if i ruin it i say it's okay i'm on a journey life is not mm. a race because when failures really hurt when we start comparing our success to others hmm i always tell myself it's okay hmm i am on a journey i'm not on a race and it was so that's how i talk to myself so and are you like always hmm. yeah please, so i'm talking to myself talking to myself and talking to others i feel is a quite different thing because talking 100%. to others is where i talk with experience at examples hmm. from my life and then i give hmm. out a message but talking to myself is very different from talking to others so i hmm. am not really sure if i really use that same toolkit or use a different toolkit hmm. that is something i'm still figuring out right so like are you not guilty of sometimes being very judgmental or very harsh on yourself like i personally am i am constantly trying to improvise the conversation quality that i have with myself and also the conversation quality that i have with others but with myself is very important i believe i recently read this book uh, by mark manson and he said hmm. that human beings are horribly guilty creatures Hmm. We are always guilty for something we did, and we are guilty for something we didn't do as well. Right. So guilt is an emotion that's built in us, hmm. and we need we need to embrace it. We need to understand that hmm. even if we do everything perfect, there will be hmm. some kind of guilt that will be in our head. Even if I become Elon Musk or Bill Gates, I will have guilt that while we did this much money, I did something wrong. Hmm. Probably even more. Become, probably even more. So hmm. it's important to understand that we are, as human beings, are. creatures full of guilt hmm that's so true so, that's so true it's important to embrace the guilt and accept that guilt will always be there no matter how good i do 100% and also another thing i, I believe is like when we are stuck in a particular situation and our friend is stuck into the same situation so what essentially happens is we are when we are so close and surrounded by the problem we are not able to see it from a from a heightened perspective and we are not able to see the complete picture together we start to see small things with really magnified and then we are not able to uh, navigate through the problem or the situation properly or as wisely as we could have or as wisely as we could have suggested someone else to navigate when they were surrounded by the same problems so do you agree to that 100% i think i have a lot of times when i'm talking to others and giving solutions to their problems hmm. that's when i find solution to my own problems 100% 100% so that was uh, that was such a great conversation akshat i have loved it throughout i quickly have some ra- two rapid fire questions for you and then two more questions so you have to answer it in one word or one line right not more than yeah. that mm-hmm. one thing that people get wrong about passion that it's just about passion i would want you to take uh, include two more lines and then be little more explanatory about it so uh, what do you mean by that think what i mean is so i'll talk in terms of my industry so i'm into mm-hmm. training and coaching industry people get wrong that passion is everything mm-hmm. but i feel that passion backed with purpose mm-hmm. and expertise and experience mm-hmm. is what actually adds value 
Mm-hmm. I cannot just get down on stage and be really passionate about it. You know, mm-hmm. this passion thing is for privileged class. Mm-hmm. We people are privileged. We can follow our passion because we have some financial backup. And that person who has to just go out, get up, get to job every day. That mm-hmm. person doesn't really have much scope to follow his passion. Right. That makes complete sense. I love that. Awesome. So I love the answer. The second question is one thing that people get wrong about public speaking. that it's a it's just about losing stage fright absolutely so you have to fill the blanks right as short as possible mm-hmm. failure to me is not doing what i'm supposed to do and and not being uh, as good as i can be all right so your two favorite books are sapiens and factfulness everyone should read yes and uh, two book suggestions for someone who is just starting out on his journey of reading books who's not an advanced reader so factfulness and sapiens are full of you know uh, high level uh, knowledge yes. so what are two book suggestions for someone who's just starting out on his book journey i think robin sharma is the best person so uh, monk who sold his ferrari number 1 absolutely and number 2 is the magic of thinking big by david j schwartz or i would change the answer uh, Okay. The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari by Robin Sharma, and the mm-hmm. other is uh, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. All right, Akshay, that was a wonderful conversation with you, and uh, definitely the first conversation that we had, and a lot more are about to come. So thank you for being here, Akshay, and uh, looking forward to more conversations in the future. Thank you, Vidhan, for inviting me. It was really good to be here, and I really love the conversation. Thank you for asking such questions. and looking forward to more of them thank you it was my pleasure to have you here thank you so much for listening to the podcast till the end if you'd like to listen to more episodes of the 20 show make sure you hit the subscribe button to get notified and if you think i've been able to add some value please hit the like button and share it with your friends and family because that will absolutely mean the world to me i'll catch you in the next episode of the 20 show Till then stay safe and keep thriving